Welcome to the CEO podcast. I'm your host, Britt Wright, and this podcast is for creative entrepreneurs on fire. As we head into season two, we will continue to introduce you to the foundational fundamentals for being a successful business owner while inspiring you with the amazing interviews with fellow CEOs and creative masterminds from all over the world. This podcast is going to help you to understand the business basics mindset shifts, and strategic planning with just a little sprinkle of the good vibe woo-woo tribe for good measure. Here, we will prep you to become the mastermind and the boss with strategies that you can apply to your growing empire. We are so excited to have you here. Thank you so much for listening. Now let's begin. Today's episode is brought to you by WeScover. WeScover is a unique curated site where you can buy directly from creators. It's a platform to shop for unique and meaningfully made items. Each piece is sold by the original creator so you can directly support artists and designers that you believe in. You can visit Wescover at w-e-s-c-o-v-e-r.com or at Wescover app on Instagram. Today on the CEO podcast, we are beginning season two. Welcome. Thank you for being here. I hope that you have devoured season one and you are now excited to hear what we have coming up this season. This season, we're going to be focusing a little bit more on the specifics and diving into the nitty gritty of business and a little less broad, a little more detailed. So today I want to discuss something specific to my industry of interior design, and that is working with contractors. So I have a pretty good idea of both sides of this because we also have a construction business. So I am both the contractor and the designer, and they are two separate businesses that we run parallel to one another. So it is something that I'm familiar with from both sides because we work with not only my design company, but also other designers. So I can see it from the contractor's perspective and the designer's perspective. And as a designer, I work with myself uh, as the contractor, but also other contractors in different areas that we don't serve on the construction side. So I'm going to come at you today with two different viewpoints and try to show you where those marry really well and how to best work with your contractor as a designer. And if you're a contractor listening, how to best work with your designer. So really establishing those best practices for this kind of relationship that we need in order to execute a really, really wonderful project. In this industry, in design, you have to work with a contractor. Unless you are a design build firm and it's all in-house and you do it yourself or you have people that you employ to do the actual construction and execution of the project, you always need to partner with a contractor. So heading into this type of work, you are always going to encounter this relationship that you have to create in order to be a successful designer. So the first thing you want to look for when you are looking for a contractor to partner with is somebody that you can form a very good working relationship with. You want this relationship to last years. You want this relationship to be something you can lean on throughout your entire career. That's really the end goal is to have somebody that you can develop trust with, that you can use over and over again, who gets to know your business, who understands how you work. It's so integral and creates such a 
easier way of working when you have that amazing relationship with your contractor. So when you're first starting out and you're looking for a contractor to partner with, there's a few things you want to look for. The first thing is reputation. So you want to choose a contractor that has a really good reputation. Obviously, they're going to be executing the designs that you create, and you want to be able to ensure that you are providing your clients with the best possible outcome for their project. This goes for any type of industry where you are creating something and you have to trust someone else to bring that creation to fruition. So for example, if you need to choose a manufacturer for a product you've created, you have to make sure that that manufacturer is using quality products and that the end result of what you are having them make for you is going to be as amazing as it is in your head. So that reputation is really, really integral to choosing your contractor. A few different ways you can look into the reputation of a contractor is ask them for references. So call some past clients, hear from them how it was to work with that contractor and also suppliers because People treat their clients and their suppliers differently sometimes, and you want to make sure that this person is somebody who is treating everyone with respect, paying their bills on time, you know, just a good person to work with. So you can reach out to both past clients and suppliers of this person. Just ask them for their references, uh, call around, and if you know the area they work in, there's a good chance that if you just call around to the local suppliers in that area, they're going to know who they are. If they don't know who they are, that could be a red flag. So that reputation is really important, and establishing that you are choosing a contractor with a good reputation is the number one step into in choosing a contractor. The second thing that you want to think about when you are selecting a contractor to work with is the scale at which they work. So if you are a designer that is doing mostly small scale renovations, you know, bathrooms, a few rooms at a time, you don't want to go and try to partner with a custom home builder because the scale that you're both working with is not on par. So you want to choose a contractor that is working in a similar scale to you in terms of the scope of work that they're taking on. You also want to ensure that they're interested in this, the type of work you're doing. So you don't want to go and partner with a contractor who's really looking to change the scale that they're doing. You want to partner with someone who's interested in maintaining the same type of scope of work that you are also interested in maintaining. The third thing you want to think about is price point. So if you are entering the market as you know, a midpoint designer. So maybe you're just starting out, your rates are a little lower than the competition. You also want to find a contractor that's on par with your price point. You can grow together. And as you become more recognized and have a better rapport, more of a portfolio, you can start to charge more. You want to kind of go hand in hand with your contractor. So you don't want to be going with a budget contractor if you're trying to sell a luxury design service and vice versa. You don't want to be selling a luxury design service and having a totally budget contractor. It just doesn't line up. So you want to choose someone that's on a similar wavelength of price point so that you're both providing a similar level of service and the customer feels that there's cohesion in what they're buying from you. And the last thing in terms of choosing a contractor in that relationship is you need to decide if you want to be the sole designer related to that contractor and what that looks like, or if you're okay with using a contractor that other designers use as well. So 
some contractors work exclusively with one designer and some designers work exclusively with one contractor. And then a lot of the times designers will use a few different contractors, um, you know, in different areas, different price points. So that's something to think about as well when you're entering into this and what are you really looking for in that relationship? The second area that we want to focus on is the agreement. So you've heard me talk about, you know, paperwork makes good friends um, in the past. So again, in business, we always want to have an agreement in place, some kind of contract that we have to protect ourselves and others. It's really important because in business, things can really go sideways sometimes And we want to ensure that we're safe, we're protected, our clients are protected, and the other parties we're working with are protected. We should all feel equally safe in our business transactions. So one thing you want to be super open with your contractor about is how do you work with one another? Who brings the clients in? Who's in charge? Who gets to make the final decisions? Are you exclusive to one another? Are you working just with each other? Are you allowed to work with other contractors? It's very much entering into a relationship and establishing the ground rules of how you're going to work together. There are a few different things we can talk about when it comes to the agreement. One would be, how do you get paid? So does the contractor bill the client directly? And then do you bill the client directly? Or do you subcontract the contractor? Or does the contractor subcontract you? So different contractors and designers work differently. So you want to make sure that you're doing business and the contractor's doing business in a way that makes sense for both of you. Another important piece is the client communication. So you'd never want to have a situation where the contractor and the designer are both coming at the client with different information and both trying to get similar decisions out of the client. You want to present as a united front always. So whether or not you're one in the same business or you're kind of partners working together, you want to ensure that your communication with the client is consistent and that the designer has their roles and their buckets that they are in charge of, and the contractor has their role and their buckets that they're in charge of. You don't want the client circumventing you as the designer to go to the contractor and vice versa. You want to ensure that you're very clear with your contractor who makes what decisions and at what point either of you step in to discuss certain things with the client. Hopefully that's not too vague. To give that a little bit more substance, And to give an example of that, I would allow the contractor to take the reins on the conversation if it has anything to do with structural or building or the typical way that something is done in terms of the actual construction of the project. And then as the designer, I would take the reins when it relates to layout or functionality or final aesthetic. One thing... I saw recently that I thought was excellent was that in an agreement a designer brought to us, they mentioned that the contractor will not comment or provide ideas at the initial meeting, which, you know, in a new relationship with a contractor is a really, really good thing to bring up because as the designer, if you're bringing in the contractor to a job and introducing them to your client for the first time, you don't want to have them spewing their own ideas and kind of undermining what you have already discussed with the client or presented to them. So 
that type of communication up front is super important and really, really good for a relationship to ensure that you both know where you stand. Communication is the third piece I want to talk about. So as always with anything, whether it be a personal relationship or a business relationship, communication is key. You always want to have open lines of communication and be truthful in that communication. If something upsets you or if you feel that your contractor or designer has crossed some kind of line, you need to be open, upfront, and address that quickly and efficiently so that it doesn't fester into a bigger problem. The last thing a homeowner needs while they're going through the stress of a renovation is to have their contractor and their designer fighting. It's literally something you have complete control over if you just simply communicate and ensure that you're working as a team. That's really all that matters. From the very beginning, you want to have this open communication with your contractor. If you're bringing a contractor into a design that you've already done, you want to give them all the information before they quote it. You want to make sure that they are provided every detail that you have been thinking about so that they can account for that in their estimate. As a contractor, if you're bringing a designer in, you also want to be very clear to the homeowner how that designer works. Have you worked with them before? What's their process? All of these things, all of this communication between one another and with the client is very important in ensuring that everything is as smooth as possible. Leading from communication, we're going into documentation. So this is really the pivotal piece that I hear contractors complain about is the documentation they receive from the designer. As a designer, we are the specifier. We are the ones making the decisions and providing the information for those decisions to be executed efficiently, properly, and with precision. Our documentation is our lifeblood. We are the ones providing the Bible that is followed on site in order to create the end product. The contractor can only do as good of a job as you provide him information to do that job. So one thing I've learned over the years is the more information, the better. You can't have enough detail on your drawings. You can't have enough specifications on site. You can't provide enough detail on everything that you've specified. So. For somebody just starting out, what does that look like? So the construction package at a very high level should include the following things. You want to have an as-is drawing. Now, if you have gone to design school, you are probably being taught this, but you want to have an as-is drawing. So what does the project look like the day that you walk in there before anything has occurred? You want to have a demolition plan. So what is the contractor expected to take out? This needs to be super detailed. So you should have some kind of legend indicating walls, flooring, cabinetry, furniture, if that's applicable, plumbing, electrical, all of those different areas should be specified. So the contractor knows exactly what's coming out and what's staying. You'll need to have a new partition plan. So where new walls going up, you'll need to ensure that the structural drawings are there. So if you've used an engineer, you need to make sure that those drawings are included in your package. Where are new load points? Where are the footings going? Where are our beams going? What is our spans, etc. 
you need to have electrical plans so that the electricians can do their roughings correctly. That would include any elevations that are required for heights. Um, it also would include any switching diagrams that are needed. You want to have a furniture and millwork plan. So what is the new items of cabinetry and furniture that are going in? You want to have a finishing schedule, paint, tile, wall coverings, countertops, fabric, hardware. The list is endless. <laughs> Every single detail that you can think of that you have thought about and put into the design, why it takes so long to do such an amazing design needs to go into that package. It literally is the Bible. And if it's not on paper, it doesn't exist. If you have good communication with your contractor, I will also say as powerful as the paperwork is, it's never perfect. So if you have good communication with your contractor, that's another key element that they know when to ask the right questions. If they encounter something in your documentation that perhaps isn't in line with the way you normally do things or something that doesn't make sense from their side, their perspective when they're actually putting the project together. So if you have good communication with your contractor as well as that contractor's subtrades, you're able to establish a rapport where they're going to call you if they run into an issue so that you're able to solve it before it creates any more problems. Another piece that we need to discuss when we're working with contractors is the client relationship. So like I mentioned earlier, I think it's important to ensure that there is a clear line on what the contractor deals with the client for and what the designer deals with the client for. This is particularly important, especially when you're working hand in hand with a contractor and perhaps both charging things like a management fee is to really establish that clear line so that the customer isn't confused about who they're paying for what. Another thing I have seen happen once in a while is depending on your relationship with the contractor. So sometimes it will occur where you're brought into a job and the customer already has a contractor or you may be a contractor that the customer is bringing in and they already have a designer and it's not somebody you've worked with before. In those situations, it becomes very quickly apparent whether or not that relationship's going to be easy or difficult. So if you're brought into a job where the, I'll use a design example, where the customer already has a contractor that you've never worked with before, I think it's super important to be very clear and upfront with how you work and ensure that you immediately establish that communication rapport with that contractor. And you have to quickly establish your boundaries on what you're in charge of. So that contractor may be used to making the design decisions for that client. And they've all of a sudden now brought in this designer who's saying, no, this is what we're going to do. And the contractor is going to feel a little bit fish out of water. So you want to ensure that you're making their life easy by saying, okay, so here's what I'm in charge of. Here's what the decisions that I'm going to make. Here's what I'm going to provide to you. Do you have any questions? Please don't ask the customer these questions. Please call me directly so that I can ensure that everything is followed. If you have a suggestion, please come to me. Don't put the client in the middle is really the bottom line. Whether you have been working with the contractor for years or whether it's a brand new contractor, 
whether you've been working with a designer for years or it's a brand new designer, never put the client in the middle because the client really just wants one thing. They want the project to go smoothly. They don't want it to cost extra money. They don't want the timeline to be extended. They don't want mistakes. Overall, they want it to be smooth. They want it to be executed well. They want it to be what they envisioned. And the contractor and the designer need to work together to ensure that that happens. I hope that was a helpful episode. I hope that it gave you some insight. And if you are looking for a new partner, gave you some things to think about in terms of creating that relationship and how to work together. If you have any more questions on any details that you heard about today, if you want any more dive into the specifics of how those things are done, email askbsw at gmail.com and we will do our best to answer your questions on the podcast. Thank you so much for listening and we'll catch you next time. This episode is brought to you by Puppy Gang Fresh Foods. This is Artie's favorite time of day. We have been using Puppy Gang Fresh Foods for about a year now and it's fantastic. Artie looks so forward to mealtimes. He used to be such a picky eater. We changed over when he was diagnosed with some joint issues, and it has been such a game changer for his health and wellness. It is made with human-grade meat. It's freshly cooked. It's delivered right to your door. It's in little convenient packs. It was developed by Holistic Nutrition. They're super sustainable. I can't say enough good things. If you use the code Artie, you get 50% off your first eight packs. I really encourage you to do this if you got a picky eater or someone with health issues in your family, one of your fur babies, try them out. That's Artie, A-R-T-I-E, for 50% off your first eight packs.